For death, with one hand he reaches round your shoulder as a friend, while the other drives a dagger through your chest. It's the world's dark night of the soul. Oh, it's the season of disintegration. Madmen contend for power and control, and godless fools are steering the nations. It's time to wake up from the dream. The hour is even later than it seems. All the prophets of old, they all wrote about these last days in the sacred scrolls. 
that a Savior would come this way. He would work many signs and wonders, preach repentance and forgiveness of sin. And his voice would roar like the thunder, and it is still rumbling. It's time to wake up from the dream. The hour is even later than it seems. Any day now soon. Like a thief in the night The call of the bridegroom Will awaken the bride He will come for his lover Who kept the oil filled in her lamp and once the door is closed to his chamber, those outside will have no second chance. It's time to wake up from the dream. The hour is even later than it seems. My shame, my fears, my sorrow on that old wooden beam. High atop of Calvary Road, not today, no. For the Lamb of God has taken on that load. Yeah, the Lamb of God, he has taken on that load. Amen. <laughs> I want to get to the book of Revelation. we got to finish up part two with the saints of the Revelation. The Lord put this in my heart, so I'm going to review from last week, part one, because I need to fill in some of the gaps, some things the Lord showed me, and uh, so we need to know. And then we're going to go to the last half, and I'll, I'll just breeze through it. Say, breeze through it. So you listen, listen in your spirit. You can't catch everything anyway. It's the spirit, man. So we want to be built up in the spirit. We want to walk out the doors more filled with faith, more filled with hope, more determined to follow the Lord regardless of what it might cost. You know, the Lord already told us, you know what it will cost? Everything. And I wonder how many in the coming days and months, will be willing to lose everything for the sake of gaining Him. If I read the Bible right, many will follow Him no more. I'm just telling you like, like I read it. I could care less about my own opinion. My own opinions usually seem to be my own opinions. But God's word is God's word. The grass withers, the flower fades. Men are flesh and they will pass away. But the word of our God endures forever. Now before I go to Revelation, I want to just remind you of Romans chapter 8. It's one of the most important chapters. Well, so is Romans chapter 9. 
and Romans chapter 7 and 6 and 5 and, and Acts. And well, they're all important, but in Romans chapter 8, there are certain things that we need to know that it confirms. And one is that our calling is something that deep is inside of us. All things work together for good to them that love God and are what? That are called according to His purpose. And the calling of God, you know in your own life, you can't fully explain it. You can't escape it. You can't get away from it. You can try and end up in the belly of a whale. But you have to follow. You have to fulfill if it's a real call from God. Nobody can talk you out of it. Everybody could desert you. You will follow the call of God if you have a real call of God. Right? All things. Then... Romans 8 confirms that God's highest purpose in our life. What is His highest purpose? That we be conformed, and this is all in chapter 8, be conformed into the image of His Son. Christ is to be formed in me, and I'm to be conformed in the image of His Son, right? Does that happen overnight? It's in the process. And then it confirms that whatever happens... Remember the scripture, tribulation or distress. Distress means anguish. It means placed in a narrow place where it looks like there's no way out. There may be days coming, it will look like there's no way out. It means persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, which is war. Yet the scripture confirms in all of these things we are what? In these things... In these things, not outside of these things, that these things never happen. They happen. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Right? Let me show you one more thing. This may end up being a part three. I don't know. But you got to look. go to Romans 8 real quick. Because the Lord gave me this. I don't want to just skip through it. Because we need to have an understanding in Romans chapter 8, there's one more thing we have to see. Look in verse 14. Concerning the sons of God. Now, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are what? Sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. We need to heed that verse in this hour. We've not received the spirit of bondage. Again, that leads us into fear. That's what fear is. It's bondage. But you've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Father, Father God. And He's faithful. And the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if, say if, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, say this present time. Some of you are not wanting to say it. It's okay. We're in the present time. But we have present truth for the present time. But the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I've heard this explained many times, but never have I truly heard it explained in its context. I'm sorry, but I grew up that if you have a context or a text without a context, you may have a pretext and you could get into a misleading or false text. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's 100% true, but I know you have to have the Word of God as your foundation. That's why we preach the Word. We must have the Word of God. If somebody tells me something, I don't care how fantastic it sounds, I want to know, is there a foundation? Is there something that God, that has He's assured or promised or spoken? I want to hear the Word of God, not the Word of man, but... Because it's no prophecy of Scripture that came by the Spirit. 
No prophecy at any time was brought by the will of man, but God spoke from, or men spoke from God, being carried about by the Spirit. But here's what I see about the sons of God. We're to be led by the Spirit. Now we know that part. We're led by the Spirit, and thus, whatever comes my way, I have not received a spirit of bondage that leads me into fear. Say, no fear. As a son of God, I've not received fear. I have the assurance that wherever I am, whether persecution, whether darkness or peril or sword or whatever it is, I have confidence and I trust in Him. He's leading me. His leading me is greater than my following Him. So I can trust in His leadership. Right? If it's up just to my following Him, I will miss Him. But His leadership is greater than me. Whether He leads me to soar among the eagles, to dwell in the highest, or walk through the valley of the shadow of death, where there's death on both sides, I will fear no evil. For thy, my God is with me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. But here's what I've never heard preached before. The sons of God. Do you know when they're manifest? If. Let's look at that verse. If indeed we suffer with Him. The sons of God are those who will be made known. The sons that all of creation is waiting for will be made known in times of great suffering. Filling up that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Does does anybody see that? So that what? The glory may be revealed in us. There is no crown without a cross. There is no glory without suffering. The American church wanted the glory without the price that must be paid for the glory. Anyway, I wanted to throw that out. Some of you say, why did you have to throw all that out? Because, are you going to be a son of God or not? Either you will be a son of the devil in this hour, and they're on the move, or you will be a son of God. So that's my story. Now I'm going to preach from Revelation. But Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. You see me. I need a lot of help. But I thank you, you're the helper. And God, I pray for revelation of your word. I pray that everyone in this room and everyone that's watching would be built up in their most holy faith, strengthened, have a greater resolve than they've ever known in their life for the days in which we're living. Lord, I pray the saints will be ready to be the saints of the revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's go, let's review some things of where we were last week. Revelation chapter 22. You guys still here? Okay. I'm glad you're still here. Somebody locked that door back there. There's, you can't go. You, I'll be offended. No, I won't. I won't be offended. You know, we should be offending. You know, Jesus was a rock of offense. Stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. If you're afraid of offending, you're afraid of following Him. And you must not be afraid. But anyway, Revelation 22, we saw verse 1 through 5 about this is what will be the future. So it's good to know the end of the story. Then He said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent His angel to show His servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is He who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And he said to me, don't do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal the words of this prophecy. Don't hide it. Don't ignore it. Don't put it under a a bushel. Don't not, not preach on it. Talk about it. And he said to me, do this, because the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. Who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He will. He who is righteous, let him be righteous. He who is holy, let him be holy. And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, 
and may enter the gates of the city, but outside are dogs and sorcerers. Say sorcerer. And sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. And I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I'm the root and the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears come. Let him who thirsts come. And then there's a warning. We don't want to read that again that you can't take from the word of this prophecy. Verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming quickly. It was Daniel's song this morning. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I read this week, or someone I heard someone say, that the majority of pastors today steer away from the book of Revelation. Why would you do that when, number one, it's a blessing just to read the book of Revelation? Number two, it's a playbook. It's a manual for the battles of the age that we are now entered. It is written to overcomers. If he's coming for overcomers, should you not read about becoming an overcomer? How will you be an overcomer if you ignore that part of the book? They reveal his judgments. The judgment on mystery Babylon that is forming even before our eyes probably been around longer than we know and this final rebellion but most of all it's about a revelation of Jesus right the unfolding the revealing why would you not preach on the revealing of Jesus the unfolding the uncovering it's all it's what we've been waiting for but we also know that it's it's his coming but also the events surrounding his coming That's what you have to be prepared for. There's the instantaneous coming of the Lord, the twinkling of the eye, lightning, flashing, all this. But there's a progressive series of events. That's why they said they knew all these things were coming, and they said, even so come, Lord Jesus. Regardless of what happens, come. And I'm telling you, most of the church was not ready for the events that are unfolding. They're not going to unfold. There's some that are yet. Thank God we're not in all of them. But they're unfolding even as we speak. We talked about how the seals, the trumpets, the bowls, the plagues. We didn't go into great detail, but remember, let me just fill in a few gaps. There's the, the conqueror, the white horse. We have to understand this. Does the Bible say that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ and He shall reign? Will that happen? Will it happen? We can be confident. It's the end of the story. But can I suggest to you that before that happens, just the opposite will seem to be happening to the point where you will almost be persuaded that what God said would happen would never come to pass. Nobody said amen, but John, our friend. John, I'm telling you, I can't wait to turn him loose. I don't even know if I have to turn him loose. You're loosed. He's going to minister on two Fridays from now. Will you do the fire? No, Carolina fire. After Charles Karen. We'll have the old and the young. But anyway, there's what... I'm always amazed how I read... Literally, this morning, I had to stop reading the Bible because I said, God, that fits too. I can't preach all this, so I had to stop reading. I'll read the devotion later. I'll read later. But anyway, this week I'm reading Oswald Chamber. And here's what he said. God called Jesus Christ to what seemed to be absolute disaster. And Jesus called his disciples to to see him put to death leading everyone to where their heart was broken. Many of them deserted him. They followed him no more. His life was an absolute failure from every standpoint except God's. But what seemed to be a failure was the greatest triumph in human history. I like what he... That was real. Then there's the fiery red horse. And uh, they've come to do what? 
take peace from the earth. That people should kill one another. Do you know there are many right now? You know that scripture that said they will kill you thinking they've done God a favor. We're beginning to see that. There are many now that would just rather you be dead if you do not bow to their mandates. And the hatred is building. It's a demonic hatred. It's a satanic hatred. And I'm going to show you something about it. In just a few moments, the Lord told us all this. How are you, if you don't preach a book of Revelation, you're not going to be prepared. You're not even going to begin to be prepared for the days that are unfolding. You will fall hook, line, and sinker. The great falling away will be a great falling away from the faith. Unless you're pursuing Him, you will walk away from Him. This is not a time to play. It's a time to get in or get out. And if you get out, get out with all the gusto that you can muster up. But if you're in, you must go all the way. You cannot play. You cannot go half-hearted. You can find a church that will tickle your ears. But I promise you, you will not survive what is coming. You will not. Unless you are being rooted and grounded in the Word of God. You can follow all the flashy gifts and the flashy men. But you'll find that not everything that glitters is gold. And if you want the real gold, you must go through the refiner's fire. I don't know how I got into all that. But I am not going to follow man's solution to a problem I knew was going to be created before it happened. I'm going to follow God's solution. The blood of Jesus still delivers, still covers, still saves. And if God's not enough, get you another God. But our God is enough. And I'm going to stand. I'm not going to bow to the Baal. Well, we better go on. I'll never get to where I'm going unless I get there. The black horse. Scarcity on the earth. One of my prophetic buddies, maybe I can't, oh yeah, I know his name, but I shouldn't probably mention his name, but I will anyway, Donald, because he's a great, he's a prophetic guy. You know, all these men of God had somebody to prophetically speak into their lives. Bob Jones spoke in to Rick and many others, many, many. Well, Donald has been one of those men, and he said he had a dream, and in the dream he heard a trucker go on the radio, and the trucker was in North Carolina, and he was radioing down into Georgia. But this was something happening all over the country. And the trucker on the radio from North Carolina was asking the trucker in Georgia, do you know anywhere where I can park my rig where there is security, where there is food, and where there is fuel? Security, food, and fuel. And this was something that was going on all over the country. All I can tell you is this week, twice, we came across examples of coming scarcity on the earth. One was in Cadobas. They didn't have something they always have. The other was in Sam's. We're going through the checkout. And the checkout machine goes, ah, or whatever it did. You cannot buy but one of those. Because they're, and it's green beans. Green beans. That's like the American food. I'm telling you, you, if you have not prepared, you have to have something to put in his hands for him to multiply. I can, with all my heart, I'm just telling you, you need to be stocking up and preparing, if not for you, to give away. Be a source of evangelism. But I'm just telling you, you should be preparing. If you don't prepare, don't tell me. I didn't tell you. I'm just telling you. Then a lot of people are not going to tell you. There's nothing wrong. You sh- if you can't prepare to get a little extra food, then why do you have insurance? You may never use that insurance. Because I have people say, well, that food will just rot on your shelf. 
Well, it's going to rot on mine, not yours. Somebody else asked me this week, we don't have enough. You know, my response was, you will never have enough. God is enough. But if you have the little, little placed in His hands will become the enough to feed multitudes. And then there's the pale horse. Widespread death. You know, it's interesting he talks about no murderer or sorcerer. Do you know the Greek word of the word sorcery is what? Pharmakia. Pharmacy. Now, some don't want to go there. Obviously, God has used the medical profession. Obviously. But the devil will use a medical tyranny that will be a sorcery at the end of the age. All we had to do was read it in the book. It was right there. Revelation chapter 18, verse 23, referring to Babylon, whose merchants were the great men of the earth. They were those of the foundations. The elite of the earth. And they were successful for a time deceiving the entire world by their sorcery. It was like a great spell was cast out over the earth. And most of the people succumbed to the Spirit. Revelation chapter 9 verse 21. How they were those who refused to repent of their sorceries, their murders, abortion, their thefts. Their immorality. I just added the word abortion. In other words, they doubled down. What's happening right now? The word is getting out that there's some questions, to say the least. Many doctors that have come forward about the shot either get silenced or shot. They no longer have a voice. If anybody has to keep something secret, you can be bet the devil is working somewhere behind the scenes. Jesus never did anything except that it was public. He said, make your confession public before me. Or my Father will deny you. You don't hide. If you hide, it's in the darkness. You're to let your light so shine. But what's happening? They're doubling down. The more the word gets out, that there may be some issues here. Some people are having some adverse reactions. The more the double down. We will not repent. We will not. You must, you must, and you must do it now. And I'm not doing it now or then. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. And how sorcerers, which is witchcraft, seduction of the entire world will be eventually. Now this is the part I like. Cast into the lake of fire. For the deception and the destruction that they brought upon the earth. You know that scripture said, I will destroy those who destroyed the earth. We're going to understand what that means. I could tell you things you would absolutely think I'm crazy. So I won't tell you now. But I get you in a back room, I might tell you. But there's a lot of stuff going on. You know that. The droughts. We're in war. But there's going to be a day that all sorcery, witchcraft, all of this murder, child sacrifice, the things that are going on is going to be tossed into the lake of fire. And the devil and his angels will burn in fire and brimstone. There's a little bit of righteous anger in us, and there should be. Because innocent people are being affected. And then there's the, the seal of the martyrdom. Why does that have to be one of the seals? Because it is. Then there's the cosmic disturbances and all of these things. Now, the book of Revelation is about great deliverance. Say great deliverance. It's also about great judgment. Both. And Jeremiah said, even the stork, and we read this last week, and the heavens knows her appointed times, and the turtle dove and the swift and the swallow observe the time of their coming, but my people do not know the judgments of the Lord. Now we looked at the wrath of God. Quickly, review. We're not appointed to wrath. Say that, I'm not appointed. But to obtain salvation through Christ Jesus. 
How many of you have ever walked outside in a rainstorm and the rain did not fall on you and the person next to you? Now, maybe that's happened to some of you. Hey, it's raining on you. Look, it ain't raining on me. No, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. It's just that the just, put on, they have a little sense, so they put up the umbrella called the blood, called the name, and they're covered. There's a different destiny, a different purpose in their life. Then there's the wrath to come, Romans 2.5. There's Romans 1.18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. There's the wrath that is now on all unrighteousness and on those who suppress the truth. What's happening right now? The truth is being suppressed. You tell the truth, you become an enemy. That's why many people will back off. I'm telling you, there are many physicians. There are many politicians. There are many pastors that know exactly what's happening. And yet you've turned a blind eye and you become silent. And I'm telling you, you're going to answer before God one day. It is your time to be who you've been called to be. You've been called into the kingdom. You say, I may lose my practice. I may lose my retirement. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What does it profit? What good would it be if you gain your retirement? Listen, your, your retirement may not be as secure as you think it is. If I understand God's word correctly. But I know that the souls of men will de- demand that some men give up their own lives. Even the Apostle Paul, that I would become accursed, that Israel might be saved. You may lose it all, but you'll gain it all in heaven. Either you will line up on the side of those who are telling the truth, or you will line up on the side of those who are living the lies and practicing the lie every single day. I had to say that. Then there's the wrath, which is the anger. God is angry with the wicked every day. They told me God never gets angry. They must have not read the part of the Bible that I read. And that's another thing God's going to shake to the core. The, the, the traditions of men that have nullified the Word of God. But then we know about the wrath. The full wrath of God was aimed at His Son on the cross. So you and I can be delivered from the wrath because of the mercies of our God. His Son had to go to the cross. There there are teachings today, they're, they're close by, that takes away from the necessity of the Son of God dying on the cross. He had to die or you would have faced the wrath of God. But His death delivers you from the wrath. It's coming to Him by faith through the shed blood of Jesus. There's no other way. Okay, so just to review in chapter 22, I think I can do it. You guys, I'm going to finish because next week Charles Karen is coming in. I don't want to hold this over for two weeks. Somebody may listen to this tape. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not afraid. I have not received a spirit of adoption. Some, no, I have received a spirit of adoption. That's the difference. I've not received a spirit of bondage, again, leading to fear. But yes, adoption, the Son of God. That's who you are. That's, we are listen, we are pretty bold. Jesus is pretty bold in us. It's not us, it's Him. He has become wisdom, righteousness. He is our strength. Our deliverer, he's our boldness. It's the Spirit of God. Okay. God will show himself faithful and true. Revelation chapter 22, verse 6. We are not those who are dodging reality. We live in the reality of the times. But more than the reality of the times, we know that our God is real and his word is true. And we will not back off of what God has said. What he has said is far greater. One more thing, you know, I appreciate the governor of Florida. 
He told the truth this week. The media is saying the hospitals in Florida are overflowing. Ron DeSantis came on and said, you're a liar. It's not happening. Thank God for Ron Santos. Thank God. I heard about a, I'm going to tell you, Grandview Medical Center, Birmingham, Alabama, recently posted on social media a story of young, healthy patients dying of COVID, begging for the shot. The alleged doctor would hold them by her hand and say, I'm sorry, dear, it's too late for you. Somebody did what they should not have done. They investigated and found that it was all a fraud. Lies are rampant. I've had COVID. And I also know there's a natural immunity. The doctors that I trust tell me there's an immunity. You still want me to bow to your bail? God created the natural immunity. Man is not man's trying to be God. But that man is about to be tumbled down. Amen. You come to save me. Thank you. It's a time of spectacular sights and sounds. That's what the end of the age is like. The challenge is to stay focused on Jesus. Remember the angel. You know, he still wants to bow down to this angel giving him this revelation. What did the angel say? Don't do that. We said last week, if an angel shows up in your room and says, don't do that, don't do that. Don't. Worship God. So we're going to worship Him. We're go- I'm telling you, this is good today. Next week, Julie, these guys are going to lead. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have saxophones, and it's going to be so cool. I don't know what I- every week should be different. I just want to worship. I don't care. Even if my voice... I. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. And then, it's going to come quickly. Urgency of the hour. We talked about the warp speed. i got to tell you this. Because this is how I had to go back and fill in the gap. I had a dream when we were in Pennsylvania before we went to Gettysburg that led us to what happened in Gettysburg. But anyway, in the dream... And I just took a little nap. I'm not that old. I don't normally take naps. How many of you take naps? I want to see a show of hands. Some of you. Oh. Well, see, they're young. Then it was okay that I took a nap. I was tired, and I just laid down for just a few minutes. The moment I closed my eyes, it was up in her old room in Pennsylvania. They're downstairs. I just closed my eyes. At the moment I closed my eyes, I heard a siren. I looked up. There was a sheriff's car racing to the scene of an accident. But the, the deputy got out of the car and did something very unusual. Maybe somebody has more of the interpretation. But he, he put up some kind of a sail, something totally different, on top of the, the patrol car. And I just remember thinking, that really looks different. So anyway, he gets back in the car and he races off and he immediately lands at the scene of the accident. I looked down, and I'm wearing the same clothes that I wore when I took the nap. I, had, I didn't have time to change. Had on the shorts, my LSU shirt. I had it all on. And I, didn't, I said, wow, I don't have time to change. i got to go help. So I, I take off, and immediately I'm at the scene of the accident. When I get there, the sheriff is already there, and the man, whoever it was, was dead. Dead. I wanted to help. And I couldn't, and I, but they were trying to help, and I just thinking, Lord, I don't know what to do. So all I did, I grabbed my hands in the dream like this, and I started praying. And then we go to Gettysburg, and they give us a new commission on how to pray. But I believe also in that, the Lord was showing me that it's urgent. What Daniel just spoke, sung, there is an urgency about this hour You may not even have time to change clothes. I, I don't know what that means. The sail on top of the car. Maybe he, had, he got, helped him get there quickly. All I know is it meant urgency. This is an urgent time. I don't know what's going to happen this week. But I'm telling you, he's called us to the greatest hour in history. And then the wickedness and righteousness. No, the wickedness and righteousness will increase. 
We see it happening. They're doubling down. You going to bow or you going to die? One or the other. That's what they're saying. You will not be able to eat by yourself. In New York, that's the truth. You, won't, you go into a restaurant unless you have your little. You ain't going to get in. If that person serves you, they will be heavily punished. This is not a time just to play church. Every eye will see him. Obey him. Okay. You can read the rest of it. I got to just share these few things with you. Because last week in the middle of the message, something blurted out of my mouth that I, I, I wanted to stop and take it back. I said, I'm going to share. I'm going to speak next week on the wrath of Satan. Remember that? How many of you remember that? I do because I thought, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? That's what I thought. So I got to do it, but I'm going to do it quick. Ten minutes. Because there's an answer to his wrath. Now, Revelation chapter 12, real quick. I want to get this because I don't want this to linger. Revelation chapter 12, but you must know what the Word of God says. Chapter 7, and war, say war. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Did you see that? Through his sorcery, he will deceive the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. The accuser has been cast. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. End. Say end. They did not love their lives to the death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he only has a short time. Now again, wrath is anger, fury, rage. It means the swelling of anger. It's to the point where it's boiling over. Do you see any rage today that is to the point where it seems to be boiling over? Remember Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? He that sits in the heavens shall what? Laugh, but he doesn't laugh forever. What else does he do? He speaks to them in his displeasure and in his wrath. He speaks to them. God doesn't laugh forever. Do you think he's laughing at the, what is it, 75 million babies that have been aborted? The children right now that are being held captive? The human sex track? Do you think he's laughing? He's not about to laugh. But it's the wrath of Satan. Now, now we're to, in this day, we'll talk more about this in the coming days. You're to, you're to endure afflictions. Endure them. You don't run when you get a whipping. You don't run when the enemy afflicts you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but we are to endure hardship. That's the one ship nobody wants to board. But it's the ship we all must board if you're going to follow him. We endure all things. That sums it up. But that we endure what else? This Matthew 24 say, endure to the end. So we're also to endure Satan's wrath. Okay, here it is, real quick. Number one, it's great. His, his wrath is great, intense, over the top. Nothing will hold it back, unlike anything the earth has ever seen. I remember, what was it, a couple months ago, the Lord put in my heart to preach the message that Satan has sought to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Jesus said, I have prayed for you. 
that your faith would not fail, and when you return, strengthen your brethren. That there would be purpose in all of this. God allows. He allows. Now, I want you to know, Satan, it says his wrath is great, but it's not greater than he that lives in you and me. Greater is he. And so whatever degree his wrath shows its face, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The context of that is the spirit of Antichrist. That's scripture. That's what that is all about. That is here. Coming but here. And then his wrath is real. It's not make-believe. It's not a story. Not a make-believe story. Satanism, witchcraft, it's real. Many people, I've not been involved, but I know people that were involved in, in Satanism. They tell me it's real. I'll never forget. One of the head witches, and witchcraft is like the fastest growing religion in America. Witchcraft is woof, other than what God is doing. It's just as far as the world can see. But anyway, she said, Concerning Halloween. Now we learned this a long time ago. But she said, if parents in America knew what happened on Halloween to children, they would not even mention that name in their household. They wouldn't even mention it. Much less dress up their little ones to participate in it. You know, it's only the church that has the authority to expose these things. And to bring them down. You know, part of our plan at the end of the age is to make known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places the manifold wisdom of God. That belongs to the church. It's not the government. It's not the military. It is the church of Jesus Christ that will make known to the powers of darkness who our God is. And not just who He is, but who He is in us and what He's done through the cross. His redemption was enough. Jesus went to cast out the darkness, and so you and I. And then he's come down to you. He's in your midst. That's why the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. What did Daniel say? Wake up. Don't sleep. Don't dream. Because your adversary, the devil. Who was that Catholic priest? Archbishop Carlo... Maria, Maria Vergano. Yeah, that's who he was. He wrote these letters. Dude, did you guys get that in Hong Kong? But he wrote these letters to basically expose what's happening. He's probably one of the hated men on the earth. But he was exposing the Great Reset. You could read the book. I could give you a copy. I don't have it. I didn't want to buy it. I don't want to read it. But I know it exists, the Great Reset. That's what all this has been about. And there would be a global economy, a global military, and a global religion. And yet this archbishop, in his boldness, he wrote about this coming global tyranny and encouraged the people to resist the beast system. But then he said that, I know there's an army that God is raising up to resist this system that is rising on the earth. And he's basically saying, I'm one of them. Me and my colleagues... Well, I want you to know, Archbishop, we're some of them as well. We're lining up on the side of the captain of the Lord of hosts, the God of heaven's armies. We're in that. I did get a sneak peek of what that book was all about in this global reset that's using what's happening now. And I saw how they invited the world, come and join us. Come and join us. For our great new world global society. I ain't joining. But I'm signing up for the Lord's army and so are you. You got to wake up guys. Do you know the Bible says my people will know. Daniel said they're going to know what's going on. The wicked are those who won't understand. God's people are having understanding of the things that are going on. So that we will not be caught off guard. You would not be led away, captive, deceived. Who could be deceived? Anyone. The righteous, if possible. That's why we have to know the word, stand. And here's the next thing. It's far-reaching, global. I've already shared with you about what's happening in Uganda. 
It is genocide. And what's happening in many nations. And we knew this was a plan to depopulate much of the earth. Second, third, or six, whatever. It was cruel. The devil's wrath is cruel. Unimaginable. Psalm 74 says, Remember this, that the enemy has reproached, O Lord, and that a foolish people have blasphemed your name. Have respect to your covenant, your promise. For the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. And so the prayer of the psalmist is, Rise up, O God. Because the turmoil of those who rise up against us continue. There's much more I could say about that. But you, you know, the, I think there was a time in America the church knew about all this stuff. We've gone to sleep. We've had a watered-down gospel. How do I know they knew about it? Listen to this hymn we used to sing from Martin Luther. A mighty fortress. Listen. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Doth ask who this may be, Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabbath, his name from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. That word above all earthly power, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also. The body they may kill. But God's truth abideth still. For His kingdom is forever. And then His wrath will end abruptly. Revelation chapter 20. And fire came down from God out of heaven. And devoured them. The devil who deceived them. He was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they tormented him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Say, and ever. And ever and ever. We're going to remind him. Now, there's one more thing, and then I debated as to whether I should share this, because I've shared this many times. But before you guys go back to Ohio... You need to hear this. You got another two minutes? The last thing that I saw about the wrath of Satan is obviously, if we're living in the midst, that means that God has called us to do something about it. It means that you and I have been called, and this time is in reserve for you and me. There's something that God put us here to do. Other than get devoured. Right? Does that make sense? Okay, so here's the dream. I, you hadn't heard it. So good, I get to share it. That's one good thing about new people coming and going. You can share some of the same stories. But some of you, you guys have heard it. But it's okay, I need to share it again. It, other than the dream about Billy Graham, it's the most impactful dream of my life. And in this dream, I'm, I'm in a garden with a rake fooling around with a little garden snake. When all of a sudden, the garden snake becomes something more than I can handle, and he throws my my rake to the side, and all of a sudden, he's a gigantic serpent standing before me. And as I've shared before, I wish I could have told you I took out my sword, sliced his head off. That didn't happen. If you'd seen what I saw, you you would do what I did. I started backing up. And then, evidently, I must have shifted from a garden to the side of a street because I tripped over the curb and fell. And the serpent is looking at me, over me, and I knew if this 
If he strikes me, I'm dead. I knew that. The beast. This thing's facing me. And then all of a sudden, the dream shifted, and I'm sitting in a barber's chair. You remember this, some of you? I'm in a barber's chair, getting my hair cut. When I go to the barber, I I'm usually want them to put more on than take off, but this time they were taken off. That's what they always do, but he was, I was getting a haircut. And then in the middle of the haircut, the barber reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out a measuring tape. He puts the measuring tape up against my heart so as to measure the size of my heart, and I wake up. What does that mean? It means we're going to face some evil in this hour. There's no place to hide, but there is a place to be hidden in Christ Jesus. The safest place is to be in Christ and in the middle of the will of God, wherever that is. But also, it's ultimately about our heart. God is looking at our heart. Will we have the heart that it takes as we face this beast system in this hour? That's the guard your heart. Guard your heart. For out of your heart spring forth the issues of life. Out of the heart will be the abundance to speak. Guard your heart. But there was something else in that. The haircut. What does that represent? Grooming. Grooming. We've been groomed for this hour. We've been prepared. God knew what He was doing when He put you in Ohio. You've been groomed for such a time as this. This is it. You're in place. And God is going to show Himself strong to a people that trust in Him and whose heart. Right now, the Spirit of the Lord's roaming throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose heart is loyal to Him. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. And God, I've delivered it the best I know. And I'm still amazed how you speak. And I thank you, God, that we're not just those who hear, we're those who obey and those who yield. The word of God never returns void. It will always accomplish your purpose. And I pray let it have its way in each of our hearts today. God, I pray as we stand in this hour, that we will have the heart that most reflects what our God has done in this marvelous act of the atonement, what He did on the cross. I thank You that was enough to stand before whatever evil we may face. And I thank You for though Satan's wrath is great, his doom is sure. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. So Lord, I thank you that there's a remnant rising up that will display who our God is to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. We don't have to go looking for a fight. The fight has shown up at our door. But we thank you that the fighter, the champion, lives inside of us. And whether death or height or things present or things to come or tribulation, famine, persecution, sword, whatever may come our way, Lord, we thank you that we're more than conquerors and we have more than enough. Lord, I thank you for everyone in this room that's been called and groomed for such a time as this. Those that are watching, would you convince them of that? And they're not alone. You're going to be so close to your people. And Lord, if I'm way ahead, Daniel's song, if, if we're way ahead of the schedule, 
you'll forgive us. But if it's later than we think, then God, I thank you that you cause your word and your voice to be heard. Because you don't do anything unless you tell your servants. And I'm just grateful. And I thank you, God, that your ability to lead us is greater than our ability to follow you. And I thank you, God, that we are the sons of God that all of creation has been waiting for. And so we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. Lord, just release faith. There's a gift of faith right now. Release faith. Faith. Lord, I thank you. We're going to break the spirit of fear. Is anybody still dealing with fear by all the things you're hearing? Just raise your hand. We're going to, yeah. Be open. Confess. Don't, don't be shy. Say, yeah, I'm still battling the spirit of fear. We want to break and bind it. Anybody? Okay, there's some. So, Lord, we pray. And you watching online. Lord, we thank you we've not received the spirit of fear, timidity, but of love and power and of a sound mind. Perfect love cast out all fear. So we break now the spirit of fear. We have not received the bondage, again, leading to fear, but a spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And we break off fear and we release faith and hope and great expectancy in our God. We are expectant and we, you, we will not be ashamed because of who our God is. And I bless these and I pray for faith courage because we're going to have to make decisions in the coming days Lord may we be those like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego our God will save us but even if he doesn't even if he doesn't we will not bow Lord, I pray for those that maybe received things that, Lord, I ask you to nullify it. I ask, and Lord, you said, I remember one scripture, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you, come near you. I'm asking by grace and by faith, God, that you nullify any evil effect for the people of God. And we're available, Lord. We're available to pray for people. We don't know what all this is going to look like. But in the name of Jesus, we break the sorcery behind it, the witchcraft behind it. We break that spirit. In the illegal substance, we break and bind it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth.